This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Never miss an episode of the LJS podcast. Become a subscriber at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter and get all of the latest from Learn Jazz Standards sent right to your inbox. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. Hey everybody, my name is Brent. You're listening to the LJS Podcast. The Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, it's where you can get your weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. So if that sounds like you, if you're a jazz geek like me and and thousands of others who listen to this show, you're in the right place. So if this is your first time listening to the LJS Podcast, welcome uh, really appreciate you tuning in today. And if this is your 10th, 20th, 30th, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th time coming back and listening to the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, we really appreciate it. Thanks for being a regular listener. And on today's episode 44, it's a, it's a very special episode because it's a topic that uh, time and time again, our, our readers on our blog and our listeners on the podcast are constantly asking, are constantly searching for answers for. And that's why we spend so much time talking about this. And so today's episode is all about how to double the results of your practice sessions, okay? How to double the results of your practice sessions. Practicing is super important. But before I go ahead and and talk a little bit more about that, uh, I want to invite you uh, once again to join our newsletter, to join our jazz community. You can do that by signing up at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. If you haven't done that yet, do it. It's it's time to get on the inside. It's time to get on the inside of everything we're doing here at Learn Jazz Standards. Be the first to know about new content. Uh, and you even get a free ebook, a jazz guide to practicing for signing up. So be sure to do that. Now, practicing. Why is practicing so important as a jazz musician? Well, I don't think I need to even tell you that. I think any musician knows that they need to practice in order to get better. In fact, you've probably been hearing that since when you were a little kid and and your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandfather, whoever, uh, was forcing you to practice perhaps the piano or some kind of instrument and, and said those infamous words, practice makes perfect, right? I mean, we've all heard that before. We know that practicing is important and no matter what career you're in, what no matter what hobbies that you do, even outside of music or outside of jazz, you know that in order to get better at anything, you have to spend quality time with it, right? You have to harness those skills. You have to work and build up those skills so that you're able to execute at a higher level. We know this, right? Now, oftentimes, though, I find that people can spend a lot of time in the practice room and and actually come out of it with very little results. Uh, and that's kind of the shocking thing. And because if there's one thing, you know, a friend once told me this, 
there's really only one thing that we can't get back in this life, okay? We can get back money, we can get back a lot of different things, but we can't get back time, right? We can't get back time. Time is is probably the most valuable thing that we have on this earth in our lives. So when I'm spending time in the practice room trying to get better at my instrument, trying to get better at a style of music, I want to make sure that that time is spent well and that I'm getting the most I can possibly get out of that. And, and so all this ties in with uh, with with episode 42 where I talk about setting jazz New Year's resolutions. Do you remember that episode? If you haven't checked out that episode, go back to episode 42 and and check out that episode about jazz New Year's resolutions. And by the way, if you haven't made your jazz New Year's resolution for this year, uh, be sure to do that. Last week in, in episode 43, where, where I talk about why I play jazz, uh, I share with you my jazz New Year's resolutions, which has to do with composing more of my own music uh, and getting that music played together with different groups so I can start preparing to work on an album. So go back to those. But, but this is kind of building off of that today. Because if you've set your Jazz New Year's resolutions, then you're going to want to be getting as much as you can possibly get out of the practice room, right? When you're practicing. So talking about this really builds off of these last couple episodes we've had. uh, And it's incredibly important to pay attention to this stuff. So let's dive into this today. How to double the results of your practice sessions. All right, now when I say double the results of your practice sessions, I, I actually kind of mean it uh, because this is kind of a measurement that I'm applying to basically say that you're going to get a lot more of your practice sessions if you do these things. And when I say doubling, I mean that for me, I feel like doing these things has doubled the results for me and therefore I think it can do the same thing for you. And I've picked up these things just from simply practicing a lot, a lot of trial and error and studying with a lot of really great teachers who've given me a lot of world-class advice and taught me how to practice and get real results out of my jazz playing. So that's where I've gathered all these things. And when it comes down to it, I would say there's there's three things to really pay attention to. Now, these aren't the only three things. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the Learn Jazz Standards blog, or if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that I talk a lot about setting goals and writing them down and how important that is for setting you up for success. And in fact, if you do go back to episode 42 of the LGS podcast, the one where I'm talking about setting your Jazz New Year's, New Year's resolutions, I really dive into a lot of this stuff on setting your your year up to get the most out of your jazz new year's resolutions and so that actually applies a lot into what i'm talking today about but these are these are things that are a little bit separate they're they more come down to the actual moments you're practicing and how to execute that time okay so let me start with the first one that i want to bring up with you and that first one is to avoid information overload okay avoid information overload. Now this is really important because a lot of people really tend to overload themselves with information. They they try to learn too much at once and and they're not patient. Uh, and being patient is incredibly important as a musician because if you've been at this for any time at all, 
you will have picked up that this is a slow going process. Uh, there was a, a guitarist once I was at a master class um, at a jazz workshop uh, named Dan Balmer who once performed this crazy exercise where he would just start improvising and have the audience call out, play uh, the D Dorian mode. Okay, now play a G sharp altered scale. And he would just seamlessly playing really fast eighth notes, switch in between these without looking at his instrument, without blinking. He could just switch on a dime no matter where he was at his instrument and, and just start playing different things. I mean, these different, whatever people were calling out. It was really impressive. This was quite a feat. And he said, afterwards, people were asking, well, how did you do that? Like, that's crazy. And his answer was time and pressure, you know, time and pressure. It just takes a lot of time and pressure. So you have to be patient because it's going to take a lot of time to get results. And a lot of people aren't patient. They want to learn a lot of information at once. But if you're at all serious about becoming a better musician, You've got to throw impatience out the door and become a lover of repetition. Okay, let me say that one more time. You've got to become a lover of repetition. So, because if you practice too much stuff and and then move on from it too quickly, it it just, you don't get anything out of it, right? So, if you learn three new jazz standards in one week, uh, it may feel like you've accomplished something great, but do you really know those songs well? Or, or maybe... You learned a new lick or a musical idea from a recording you like, but then you you move on to it to the next one before you truly internalize the one before. So you have to ask yourself the question, is learning more licks in a short period of time going to result in better jazz playing? Probably not, okay? So too, too often we're, when we learn something, we move on to the next thing without, without giving it enough time and energy. I mean, it deserves that time and energy. So you got to embrace repetition. So maybe instead of learning a new jazz standard, just go and repeat the one that you've been working on before. Review it, get to know it really well rather than moving on. You know, if I think about all the jazz standards that I've learned uh, since uh, the time that I started studying jazz, it would have to be in the couple hundreds. I mean, I, I know quite a few jazz standards. I've learned quite a few jazz standards. But if you ask me today, do you know all of those still? I would have to say, honestly, no, I don't. And why is that? It's because at some point... It, it stopped being a, a, a practice of actually learning these songs and getting inside them to just checking them off my list, you know, just learning tunes for the sake of learning tunes. And of course, if you do that, you're not going to get to know them well enough to actually keep them forever. So do I have a little bit of regret about that? Of course I do. But as all things in life, trial and error, learning from your mistakes and, and now I know that when I want to learn a new song, I got to really dedicate myself to it for a while, really study it really dissect it, really get into it. You know, if there's one uh, trait or thing that that a lot of successful people in the world share, it's their love for repetition. Uh, Bill Gates, for example, before he started Microsoft, before he became the huge success he is, uh, you could catch this guy when he was a young man just spending hours and hours and hours in front of a computer coding, getting up early in the morning and practicing, going after school and practicing. I mean, and just doing the things that no one else would do, just practicing and repeating the same things over and over and over again, not necessarily doing a bunch of new things, but becoming so good at doing one thing that it set him apart from everybody else, right? That's what this love of repetition is all about. And this is what 
not being overloaded with information is all about. So you need to avoid information overload, become a lover of repetition. If you're spreading yourself too thin, if you're learning too much at once, you're not going to get the benefit where if you just concentrated on a few things at once. Now, I'm also a foodie outside of being a jazz fanatic and among other things. So I love uh, the great chef Jacques Pepin, and this is a quote from him. If you are a jeweler or a surgeon or a cook, you have to know the trade in your hand. You have to learn the process. You learn it through endless repetition until it belongs to you. <laughs> love that quote by Jacques Pepin. Okay, now the second thing I want to touch on really quickly is rationing, review, and new material. Okay, this is the second thing, rationing, review, and new material. Now, like I just said, we have to have lots of repetition, okay? So you'll want to only focus on a few things at once and then just repeat, 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 repeat. So you want to spend each practice session you have doing Quite a bit of review. That's very important. But you also want to spend part of your practice time working on things that you completely suck at. Now, a lot of people are not good at this, right? We don't want to suck. <laughs> but you have to remember, this is the practice room. This is not a gig. This is this is a time to sound bad. You're allowed to sound bad in the practice room. In fact, you kind of want to be sounding bad. If you don't sound somewhat bad in the practice room, it could mean that you're actually not practicing at all, right? You're just playing what you're good at. And you don't want to do that. You, you really don't want to do that. You need to be practicing the things that are ailing you. And so you need a healthy balance between all of this. If I were to put a number to it, I would probably say you should spend about 50% of your time reviewing, working on things you're already familiar with, but still trying to refine, and then 50% of your time working on things you suck at or adding new material, which you probably suck at. <laughs> you have to get better at it. So that would be a healthy balance uh, between you know, keeping refining on things you already know and, and learning new stuff and working on things you're not quite so good at. And that's incredibly important to do. Now, I really believe that if you actually follow these things, it would improve how much you learn out of your practice sessions exponentially because I know for a fact that most people aren't doing this. Most people are allowing themselves to be too comfortable by just practicing things they're already good at and not focusing on the things that are tough. You know, they just enjoy playing. They don't want to get uncomfortable, you know, because... That takes the fun away from the instrument a little bit when you're not good at doing things. But if you don't approach those things, you'll, of course, never get better. And then on the flip side, there's those that are abandoning all review. So therefore, they're not uh, repeating the things like we just talked about in the first point, repeating. So they're not repeating things so they can get better at it. And then they're just only sounding bad all the time. And, and that's not really healthy for your playing, right? You want to spend some time doing things you're familiar with. Uh, to almost reaffirm what you already know and then move on to things that you're struggling with, okay? So you need to ration your practice time with review and new material. Hey, everybody. Just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 
You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing. They know how they want to sound. They're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. Okay, so a little quick review about what we've talked about so far in regards to doubling the results of your practice sessions. The first thing I mentioned was avoiding information overload and rather focusing on the repetition, becoming a lover of repetition of smaller amounts of information, right? And it almost sounds kind of funny when you're talking about doubling something, about doubling the results, and then talking about actually lessening something, right? It's that less is more approach where... If you focus on fewer things and and really get good at the small things, you're going to get so much more rather than if you were spreading yourself thin and and doing too much at once, right? So it it's almost sounds funny to say that if we're going to double our results of our practice sessions, we're actually going to be practicing less, but that is truly going to get you the best results by taking that approach. So avoiding information overload and focusing on repetition. Okay, now the, the second thing I talked about was rationing your review time and your new material time or the things that you suck at, right? The things that you're not good at. You wanna have that be kind of a 50-50 thing where you're spending lots of time reviewing and doing things that maybe you're semi-comfortable with or you're just trying to refine and then the other 50% is the things you're really not good at that you really need to work on and that you're probably not sounding good at when you're actually practicing. And in addition to that, that includes the new things that you're trying to learn, right? Because you, you're you likely not to be good at those things or familiar with those things. So it's having that nice, healthy balance in there and trying not to let one side overdo the other side, right? Having some of that restraint. Now, the last thing I want to talk about the third point I want to make is something you've most certainly heard before. This is probably not going to be new to you, yet if we're talking about doubling the results of our practice sessions, it's incredibly important to point this out, and that is that you need to be consistent with your practicing. Now, again, if you go back to episode 42, talking about the New Year's resolutions and and setting that up for success, I, I talk about two things in there, and one of them was that you need to set realistic goals, right? You can't set a goal that is just not possible for you to achieve. You have to really put some thought into that about, am I going to be able to execute this in the long run? You know, I can't just say that I want to do something grand, but not actually be able to accomplish that. You have to be realistic with yourself. And the second thing I mentioned is that you need to set goals and write them down. You have to have a plan. You have to set up a plan for yourself so that you're able to execute. And I used the example of of if you were making that very common New Year's resolution of I am going to work out and 
lose weight and all this stuff. And so you get a gym membership and now you're going to the gym, but you never really made a plan. Like, when am I actually going to go to the gym? Do I have time to go to the gym? You didn't really make a plan. And so this kind of builds off of that in saying, can you be consistent with your practicing? Because this is incredibly key. If you spend six hours practicing on a Saturday, but then don't practice at all for another week or or another week and a half, then you're kind of not going to get much out of that. You may think to yourself, but I spent a ton of time practicing today. You know, I, I spent six hours. That's a lot of time. But the thing is, most people do not have those kinds of attention spans. You may think that you're getting a lot out of it, but that's not always the case. Sometimes our brains can't handle the information overload, right? The information overload that we talked about earlier. We need to rather be consistent, okay? We need to have more consistency. So you have to have a plan. That doesn't mean you have to practice every single day. I mean, that would be ideal, but I certainly can't do that. You know, my life is way too busy to be able to do that. And I'm sure that yours is too. But you still have to have a plan to be consistent. Now, why is being con- why would being consistent, you know, double or at least compound your results? Well, because every time that you're consistent and, and you keep the momentum going with your practicing, you're compounding the results from the day before or, or the day of the day before. Uh, you're compounding those results, right? Because it's always going to be fresh on the mind. So I, in college, uh, you know, I never had a reason to learn a second language. Uh, I'm from the United States and, you know, English tends to be uh, the international language. So I've been in the situation where I I never really needed to learn another language. Um, But in college, I, I really had this desire to learn another language. So I decided I wanted to learn Spanish, okay? Uh, And I also have a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking friends, and I just thought it'd be really cool if I could speak to them in their native tongue. So I started taking Spanish classes for two semesters in college, Uh, and unfortunately today, I actually do not know hardly any Spanish. I can hardly even speak Spanish to you whatsoever, Um, and I spent three weeks in Peru at one point, and that did not help. (laughs) And what is the lesson that I learned it's that I was not consistent. When I when I go back and, and ask myself, well, why did I fail? It's because I wasn't consistent with it at all. You know, even in the classes, I, I wouldn't practice every day. I would just go to the class the two or three times a week I had to go, and that was it. I wouldn't set up any other plan for consistency for keeping that language going. I wouldn't go and consistently practice with my Spanish-speaking friends. I would just show up to class, do the work, try to get a good grade, and that was it. Okay, I didn't have a consistent plan. And then after that class was over, I didn't have a plan for moving forward because everybody knows that you can't just learn a language from a few classes, right? You have to continually pursue it over and over again. So this year is one of my non-jazz New Year's resolutions. Uh, It is to learn Greek. Now, why am I learning Greek? Well, my wife is Greek and we go to Greece quite often in the summers and I've gotten to this point where I'm actually quite tired of not understanding everything that's going on, <laughs> of, of kind of always being the odd man out, 
uh, not feeling like I'm connecting on all levels. Um, you know, everybody, they speak English uh, to a certain degree. And so uh, we can interact, of course. It's not like uh, I'm completely in the dark, but I'm not really able to communicate on a full level because everybody, of course, is speaking Greek. So I've actually started taking Greek lessons and I'm learning from my mistakes of last time. Uh, I've made a plan for the rest of this year to be incredibly consistent and constantly be practicing my Greek so that I can become fluent in this language. That's my goal. <laughs> so the the one thing, though, that I know is I have to be consistent. Uh, otherwise, it's going to fail. And that's what happened with my Spanish. I wasn't consistent. It didn't work out. And I also know from learning a language that jazz and music is a language. And if you're not consistent with that, it doesn't work. And I know that because I've seen that time and time again in students and other peers that I've seen try to play music is that if they're not consistent with working on the language, if they just play it every once in a while or they just practice a lot and then ignore it for a longer period of time, it doesn't work. It just never works. So if you really want to compound your results, you have to be consistent. Okay, so sum it all up. You got to avoid information overload and focus on repetition of smaller amounts of information. Then you got to ration out your review and your new material slash sucking at stuff time in your practice sessions. And then you got to be consistent about those practice sessions. Now, those are a powerful three things to do. If you can actually do those three things, I guarantee you, you're going to really see some bigger results in your jazz playing through your practice sessions. All right, that's all for our show today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, this is a jazz community, and I want to hear from you. I don't want to just be giving out my advice all day. Share your thoughts about how you get the most out of your practice sessions with the jazz community. Go to learnjazzstandards.com, click on podcast in the top menu, then find this episode 44, and leave a comment in the show notes. And let us know what you have to say about all of this. Now, just a little uh, fun fact for you today. We came out with a new version of our website, LearnJazzStandards.com. And for those listening in the future, uh, this is January 2017. And it is pretty awesome. I hope you go check it out. It's really cool. And we also updated our podcast player. And little uh, fun thing that you might want to know about this podcast player you can actually slow down my voice to 50%. So if you're in for a good laugh, if you just want something funny to do, uh, play this episode in half speed uh, and get a good laugh for your day. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Uh, and remember, if you got value at today's podcast episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time, a monthly or annual donation. Uh, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. That just helps us continue to produce this podcast week after week. Okay, now next week we have a very special guest on the show, so I hope I'll see you back then for episode 45. We'll see you then.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.